This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Hey Amen. We we uh, we've been. I was looking back and uh, we've been doing this teaching, and then I was I was listening to the the messages from from Sunday, our family life teaching, our Sunday morning teachings. And I was looking over my, my notes of, of what I'm covering and what the ministers before me have covered. And I say, man, it, it, just, it just seems like God is really, that he's trying to get something across to his people. You know, the, the, the messages may sound repetitious to you, but what, what God is doing is that this is, this is his mercy. This is the mercy. He is trying to get this information across to his people. There is an urgency that we understand the kingdom of heaven, that we understand the kingdom of God and what God is doing now. You know, as, as, we, as we started in Matthew chapter 5, <clears throat> this is Jesus and he opens his mouth to teach uh, his disciples and he starts to talk to them about the, the kingdom of heaven. He talks about the kingdom of heaven and his present age. And so I was looking over my notes, and one of the things that I wanted to make sure I brought out is that it's to really give you a, a tactical definition. You know, I, I, I love, I love uh, teaching the children, and one of the things that I find is that they really understand it better when they can, put, they can put their hands to it, when they can put their hands to it. And so when you think about a kingdom, the kingdom is where the king has reign and rule. The kingdom is where the king has reign and rule. He has dominion. Where the kingdom exists, the king has power. It's just, it's, it's, it's just that simple. Where the kingdom exists, the king has power. The, why I say that is because when you look at it in a natural where our government exists, our government has power. Now, where our government does not exist, we can have influence, we can impose sanctions, or we can give aid. We can have influence, but we don't, we don't actually have power where our government doesn't exist. But, but inside of the kingdom, the king can do what he wants. We can set policy inside of our borders the way that we want the policy to be set. We can set the direction the way that we want it to be set. Inside of the kingdom, the king has power. The king has, let's call it, free course. Whatever the king wants in the kingdom, the king is able to get now, we're talking about natural kingdoms. And when we're talking about natural kingdoms, natural kingdoms, they are bounded by geography, right? They're bounded by time. A natural kingdom, it is limited based on the limitations of the king. Think about a natural kingdom. 
even even some of the greatest conquerors, you know, um, the, the Genghis Kongs, the, the Alexanders, they they could only conquer so much. And then because of geography, they had to stop. They could go so far and couldn't go any further. Think about the kingdoms of, of, of you know, Xerxes, the, the, the Roman Empire. All those kingdoms, they were bounded by a, a set amount of time. Once that time was up, the kingdom began to diminish and began to break apart. The kingdom is, it's, the kingdom is bounded, it's limited based on the limitations of the king. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. And so when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, this is the tactical part of it. The kingdom of heaven, it's God's reign and rule in the hearts of men. So all of you, maybe you're at home by yourself, maybe you're, you're with your children, just, just put your hand on your chest. Just put your hand on your chest. We'll, we'll, we'll say that's where the heart is. Listen in on Sunday morning, family life class, you learn some more. Just put your hand on your chest and you say that the kingdom of heaven is God's reign and his rule in my heart. The kingdom of heaven, as real as the kingdom of heaven could ever be for you, for you personally, for you specifically, for you at this time, says the kingdom of heaven is God's reign and his rule in my heart. We said that the, the power that the king has power in his kingdom. Say, God, you have power. As you reign, as you rule in my heart, Lord, you have power. If the, if the king has power, then the kingdom has power. If, if, if the king is not without strength, then those in the kingdom, they're not without strength. In, in my times of celebration, Lord, you have power as you reign and you rule in my heart. In my times of, of concern, in uncertainty, Lord, you have power as you reign and you rule in my heart. In my, in my darkest times, when I'm going through the most difficult of circumstances, just, just in, in that time, Lord, you have, you have power as you reign and you rule in my heart. See, because the Lord, he is not bounded by time. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He is not bounded by geography. 
if you take a rocket ship up into the edge of space, or if you make your home in the bowels of the earth, the Lord is there. There is no place that you can hide from Him. He's everywhere. He's not bounded by circumstances. He's not bounded by situation. Our Lord, He has power. In His kingdom, His power has free course. It has free reign. We said earlier that the kingdom of heaven, that, it, that, it's, that it's now, that it's, it's present. And it's also in the future. You know, the, the reason why that is, is because our Lord, He is not bounded. He is not limited. But, but we are. But we are. We have limitations. And because this mortal has not yet put on immortality, and this corruptible has not yet put on incorruption, I need to experience the kingdom of heaven now to the extent that I can experience it. Oh, but there's going to come a day. There's going to come a day when the kingdom of heaven will be without limit. We, we, will, we will see him face to face. And, and when we see him, our face is going to be changed because we're going, to, we're going to be like him. So this this kingdom, it's it, it's now, and it's also in the future. We said that as Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven in its present age, he, he wanted them to understand that who they were in the kingdom of heaven, that that their circumstances, their situations, may appear to be one thing, their their limitations. The boundaries of this flesh may be evident. But he says that the way that the king sees you, he sees you as blessed. He sees you in a, in a, in a, fav, in a favored position, in a favored place. He's letting them know that the span of time that we have right now, that this is the span that God has given us to be effective for the kingdom of God. Listen, where the king is, there is power. Where the king is, there is power. That power is the grace of God that is given to you now to do the will of God. It's not something that where you need to, to wait for a more favorable condition where you need to, to wait for some things to fall into place, for some things to be settled. You don't have to look back and say, I remember when my grandmama and my mama's church, how they would come down to the altar and worship the Lord. We have the opportunity now to serve Him. Because where the King is, listen, we said that God is the God of the living, not the dead. Where the King is, if you're living, God is your God. Where the king is, there is power. And that power is his grace, his ability 
to accomplish his will. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, he goes on, he talks about the kingdom of heaven and the law. He wanted the people to understand that that, that which had been given was not being set aside. That which had been spoken, those promises that had been spoken, was not being set aside, but that, that in fact that, that, that he himself, Jesus Christ, is the fulfillment of the law. That he is the standard of righteousness that far exceeds the standard of your self-righteousness. It far exceeds the, the righteousness of your society, of your culture, of your religious heroes, of those false idols that you've made. That he himself is the standard of righteousness that is above all. And then he talks about the kingdom of heaven as it relates to those that, that have set themselves apart. The kingdom of heaven as it relates to those that have set themselves apart. In Matthew 5 verse 45 it says that ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven. And so when we talk about setting yourself apart, we say that setting yourself apart, it's a, it's a, a, a deliberate action. Setting yourself apart, it's a continuous action. That is not just a one-time event, but it's, it's, a, it's a continuous work to separate yourself. And Jesus goes on, he contrasts the actions of the children of heaven compared to those of the publicans, the hypocrites, and the heathens. And I, I wonder, I said, well, 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 Lord, you're putting these contrasts together. He, I noticed throughout this, this, this sermon, he's putting these contrasts together that, that this is one way and this is another way. And you would, you would think that if he, if he wanted the children to walk a certain way, that he would just tell us, just tell us the thing that we must do. But what he's doing is that he's, he's making this contrast. He's showing the difference because many of you are already walking after the way of the heathens. Many of you are already walking after the way of the hypocrites. You've already taken on the actions of the publicans. He's saying, look at how you have modeled, look at what you've modeled yourself after. Look at how you've made your decisions about your, your value systems, about how far you'll go. Yes, yes, this flesh, it is, it is limited. It can only go so far. But, but you, you've only gone a part of the way. There's so much more that I can do through you and in you than what you've given yourself over to. He says, I, I want to I show you by showing you the bad example and then telling you what the good example is. Jesus, he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to those that have separated themselves. He begins to talk to them at the way that a, that a father would to his children. And so 
what I love it is that is that as, as he begins the, the teaching, he's 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 talking as 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 a as a king that that rules over a dominion, as 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 people uh, to a, to a lord as, as as servants are to a benefactor. But then he begins to be he begins to make it more personal. He begins to be make it more more intimate, and he talks to them as a as a father does to his children. He's, he's teaching them. He says, this is, this is how you become vulnerable. Now, why is the Lord teaching us how to be vulnerable? Because we've put up too many walls, too many, too many barriers in our defenses against society, in our defenses against those that we call our, our enemy. And the Lord says that those are the ones that those are our neighbors. In our, in our defenses and trying to justify ourselves and to declare our own innocence. He says that, listen, the only, the only way that you're going to get out of this, the only way that you can walk by faith is you, you're going to have to become vulnerable. You're going to have to expose yourself and become open before your Heavenly Father. He says three practical ways. There's no mystery. There are no secrets here. Three practical ways that you're going to do this. Is, it's going to be in your giving. Your, your heart is going to become exposed in your giving. We're talking about your money. We're talking about your finance. We're talking about your resources. You're going to become vulnerable. You're going to become open in, in your prayers, in your as as you call out to your father, not 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 as your butler, not as your your genie who who does what you wish, but as you call out to your father, and you you say, Lord, your will. Let your will be done. And I love that he says in the earth, he's, he said, Lord, this earth right here, this earth, this earth right here, in this heart, is where I want your will to be done. Just like it's done in heaven. I want that pattern to be established right here in this earth. And I love that he doesn't neglect. The Lord knows that, that we live in this, this, this flaw, this, this earthen vessel. He says that if, if you're going to become vulnerable to me, if you're going to become open to me, you're going to have to fast. There, there's, there's some things that you need to put away. You're going to have to deny your flesh. That thing that you crave, that thing that you lust after, that thing that's been your distraction, that's been taking up your attention, you're going to have to put it away. Listen, this ministry, we have simple teachings. Less music, more word. We try to keep it simple so that you can apply it. 
But have you applied it? Less music. More word. And being open in your, your giving, in your prayers, and in your fasting. Then he begins to, to teach them about the Father's concern, about the Father's care for his children. Listen, we're going to read these scriptures. Follow along. We've been, we've been, we've been going through this verse by verse. We're going to read these scriptures. Now I want you to follow along and listen. Then we're going to come behind and do some more teaching. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And then he goes on and he talks about your thoughts and how you should set your thoughts. And so Jesus, he's teaching about the Father's care for his children. And one thing that, that I, as I was looking at this, I said, you know, fathers, show love to your children in your words and in your deeds. Fathers, you need to show love to your children in your words and in your deeds. Because as you're doing this, as you demonstrate your love, you are instructing them about the kingdom of heaven. As, as you show love in words and in deeds. Listen, mothers, you can get in on this too. But I'm talking to the fathers right now. Show love to your children in your words and in your deeds. Because as you do this, you are instructing them about the kingdom of heaven. That was for someone. Amen. 
So he's, he talks about a father's love for his children. Go to Matthew chapter 7. I know I'm all in someone else's portion, but that's okay. Matthew 7 verse 9, it says, Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? What kind of man do you think you are? Is there a man, a true man, among you? Is there a godly man among you? Who, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Fathers, you need to ask yourself, have, have my children been asking for bread? What have, I been, what have I been giving to them? Have they asked for fish? Have they asked for, for sustenance? And have given them something that would harm them? Have I given good gifts? Have I set the correct expectations with my children? Have I set the correct desires and passions with my children? Have I set the correct direction in my home? Or when they asked for, for bread, did I tell them that I had to go to work? That I needed to put in the overtime? And then they learned from that that the way that the house is provided for is that dad puts in overtime. Have they learned that the way that the house is provided for is that dad is not there on the weekends. Dad is not there in the evenings. He's not available to have conversations. Have they asked for, for bread and I've given them a stone? Have they asked for fish and I've given them a serpent? Have I given them less than? Have I given them partial attention? Am I some, am I some tiny on the child support payments? Am I wishy-washy on the conversations? On the interactions? On sitting down and looking at them face? to face and saying what's been going on in your life you know what these are some ways that you could really help me what have you been reading lately what has, been God, what has God been saying to you recently what's, what's that concern that you have that, that, that weight that you seem to have, that you are having a hard time getting rid of. What's that thing that you are afraid of? Let's talk about it. 
Let's talk about it. Because where, where the king is, where the king is, there is power. Listen, the kingdom of heaven, say it, the kingdom of heaven is in my heart. It's in my heart. Where the king is, there is power. So the Lord begins to talk about, Jesus begins to talk about God's care for his children. And he talks about laying up treasures. When we lay up treasures, we said last time, that is, you have to expend energy beyond what it takes for you to survive. That when you lay up, it means to bring forth, it means to cause to happen. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says that a good man, out of the treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. Listen, out out of my heart. Out of where the power that God has given to me, I'm bringing forth that which is good. And the evil man, out of the treasure, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringing forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. said that to lay up it means to provide for it means to make preparations it means to to store up and he talks about I love the contrast he talks about treasures on the earth that they are corrupted by moth and rust and we say well what, what is the source of this corruption in 1st Peter chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 it talks about lay aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings that, that these are the corrosive agents that they that they, they are the the the, uh, the 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 rust and the moth that eat away at the fabric that that that, that tear apart the structure and I gave you the illustration if you can imagine a steel beam. That if you have a steel beam, it's 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 made it's 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 structurally sound. It's you know you can use that steel beam to build bridges that cars can go across, to build skyscrapers, all the way up into the skies, to support structures. But if that steel beam, if it's not treated correctly, rust begins to attack it. Corrosion begins to attack it. We're seeing all across this nation that, that bridges that have stood for years are beginning to fall, to, be, to fall down because corrosion is beginning to attack it. And we could understand, we would defend against it, we would rally together, and we would have strength and common purpose if it was a single catastrophic event. Let's say in the case of a bridge, if a, if a ship struck the bridge and compromised it, we would all understand and we would rally together and we would immediately put our strength forward to fortify that structure. But the way that corrosion works is that it, 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 it degrades the material one molecule at a time. One molecule at a time. Ferrous, iron becomes... Ferrous oxide, iron oxide, 
One, one is able to hold strength. It's able to, to, to conduct and it's, it's bendable, it's malleable. The other, ferrous oxide, it, it, it's brittle. That means as soon as you put weight on it, it cracks. It doesn't even bow. It just cracks. There's no warning. You, you say, can you do this one thing? And now they're gone. You say, can you, can you show up to prayer on time? And then you don't hear from them for three years. They just crack. That corrosion. It's flaky. Sometimes it just, it just needs the smallest of vibrations. You don't even have to, to abrade it roughly, but it's, it's flaky. It's, it's as though it's trying to pull away. It's trying to pull away, to get away from the main structure. Let's look at some other sources of, of corrosion. Go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15. We're getting there. Matthew 15, starting with verse 1, it says, when this, Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat. Talking about sources of corrosion, sources of corruption. Jesus, he goes and he, he answers them. And jump down to Matthew 15, verse 10. It says that Jesus, he, he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. I love that because he just gave them, from, from verse 2 to verse 10, he gave them illustrations and teachings. But now he says, now, now I've taught you, now I want you to actually hear and understand, this is the lesson. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Your words, out of the, out of the treasure of your heart, your mouth is speaking. These are the sources of corrosion. Sources of corrosion. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, we said that for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The result of, the benefit of, the advantage of, the evidence of sin, the wages of sin. Once sin has had its work, what does it leave behind? It leaves behind death. But God, in His care and His concern, He provides the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says that the treasures that are in heaven, that they are not subject to moth, that they are not subject to rust. And these are the results of wholehearted service. Treasures in heaven, they, they represent the fulfillment of the law. It means that the debt has been settled. That the debt has been settled. 
Romans chapter 13. says that to owe no man anything but to love one another for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law in loving one another in demonstrating our love for one another that means that the debt has been settled I love in Matthew chapter 6 Verse 12, it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, as, as we forgive those that owe us, as we show love to others, settle it. Settle our accounts. That, that which we could not pay, but has been paid through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In verse 14, Matthew chapter 6, it says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That in treasures in heaven, it's the fulfillment of the law, that the debt is settled. In Mark chapter 10, we see the illustration of, of the, the rich man that was very poor. He was rich in the things of this, this world, but he was poor in the things of God. This man, he's, he comes up to Jesus and he wants to know what is the thing that he must do? Matthew chapter 10, verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And I love that, 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 that he came and he came running. And I love that he came and he came and he, and he kneeled. And he showed the proper respect because he addressed the Lord. He said, good master, what, must I, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jump down to verse 21. It says, and then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, come, take up the cross, and follow me. And this is the, the young man, he says, and he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. He came, he came running. He came kneeling. He came saying, good master. But his heart was far from the Lord. His actions demonstrated that he loved his possessions. He loved those things that were fading and disintegrating away. 
those things that could be stolen more, more than he loved the kingdom of heaven. Listen, he forgot to put his hand on his heart. He forgot that the the kingdom of heaven is in my heart. God's reign, His reign, and His rule. That means that He has free course. That means that that in, in His kingdom, He can do what He wants to do. He has power. He sets the policies. He sets the agenda. He sets the direction. Jesus is saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how to be vulnerable. I'm going to show you how to be open. You're going to see it in your giving. Contrast this with Paul. Paul, he counted everything in his past, everything that he had gained as nothing, as lost. For the present opportunity to do the will of God. Paul said that whatever was behind me in the past, whatever you may have heard about me, good or bad, I count it as nothing. I count it as worthless for the opportunity right now to serve the Lord. Go to Philippians chapter 3. We're getting there. We're getting there. Philippians chapter 3. Starting with verse 4, it says, Though I might have confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof, he might trust in the flesh, I'm more. He's saying this because there's some, some brethren that, 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 that believe that they had some special knowledge. Some brethren that believe they had some specific insight because of their birth, because of where they came from. That they had an a, a inroad, a, a secret that no one else could have. That they had some authority that no one else could have. Listen, in the kingdom, the king reigns and he rules. In the kingdom, the king reigns. There's just, you can only have one king in the kingdom. The king reigns and he rules. He says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man, if any other man thinketh that he hath thereof, he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless, blameless, as it relates to the homies as relates to the religious leadership, as relates to street credibility. Paul says, I got all of that. He said he was a hundred. 
Verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. He says, yea, doubtless. He says, without question. There is no wavering in my mind about this. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. He says, everything that's in my past, whatever you may consider me to have or not have, it doesn't matter what they say about me, what they whisper about me, it doesn't matter what they consider. Because I count it all as nothing. I count it doesn't matter what I did last week. It doesn't it doesn't matter what I what I what I paid out last year. It doesn't matter that the time that I spent last month. No, I count all of that as nothing. I'm not resting on what was in the past. Listen, I'm not even saying that I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off and wait. Until some future convenient time. I count it all as nothing. So that I can serve the Lord right now. Because the kingdom of heaven. It's the Lord's reign and his rule. In my heart. In my heart. In this kingdom of heaven, he says that this is, this is where there is no corruption, where the moths don't consume it, where the, the rust does not attack it little by little, little, where thieves can't come in and steal it. Treasures in heaven, he says that, that these, are, these are riches, these are riches without sorrow. In Proverbs 10, verse 22, it says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. In Proverbs 19, verse 17, it says, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given Will he pay him again? If you have the in laying up treasures in heaven, if you have pity on the poor, you're lending to the Lord. And you just don't you just don't understand the kind of dividends that he pays. You just don't understand the kind of interest rates that he that he does on, on what it is that you give to him. He will repay. In Proverbs 28 and 20, Proverbs 28 and 20, it says that a faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. How how are you laying up your treasures in heaven? Is the Lord making you rich without sorrow? The brother once said that with more money comes more problems. I wonder where was he laying up his treasure? The Lord makes you rich, but he doesn't add sorrow. 
Are you showing pity on the poor? Or are you placing a burden upon those stealing from those that have little? Can you be called a faithful man? A faithful man who can find. That man will abound with blessings. But are you, are you in a hurry? Are you looking for the shortcut? Are you looking for the, the hookup? Making haste. And he talks, he goes on, go back to Matthew chapter 6. He moves on from discussing the laying up your treasures in heaven. Starting with verse 22, he talks about the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? He talks about the light of the eye. When we look at this word light, the way that they use it here, the, the, the light is, 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 is as a lamp. You can also consider it to be your focus. You know, the light, this, this is light that is used to navigate dark places. This is light that is used to navigate dark places. What I love about this is it says that the light of the body is the eye. The light of the body is the eye. If you remember, earlier Jesus says that you are the light of the world. So here you are, you are the light of the world. That means that you are the lamp you know what, I know you're shy, I know you're introverted, but you are the focus that the world needs to have. You are, you are on display for all to see. Why is that? Because they're navigating through dark places. So you are the light of the world, but the, the light of the body it's the eye. The light of the body is the eye. And it says that if you are in darkness, then how much more the world? You are supposed to be the light of the world. If you are in darkness, then how much more so the world? In Isaiah chapter 42 Verse 6, it says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and I will hold thine hand, and I will keep thee. He's saying, you're in the kingdom, the king has power. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to, I'm going to keep you. And give thee for a covenant to the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes. To bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sat in darkness out of the prison house. 
Isaiah 42, jump down to verse 16. It says, And I will bring the blind by the way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. He's saying you're, you're, you're to be that lamp to help them to navigate through dark places. Listen, the world, they think that they have a way they think that they have a formula to good success. Those that are lost, they, they, they keep saying to themselves, if I could just do these things, then my life would become settled. Then my home could become settled. Then I could be who God wants me to be. But listen, he's, he's let, he lets you know right now that the world does not know the way to God. They need the light. They need the lamp. It's not a question of getting more sleep. It's not a question of eating right. It's not a question of saying kind words to your spouse and having date nights established. Listen, it's, it's not even that. I, I, know, that, I know that you're thinking that if, if you would just be approved according to society's standards, if I could just make a certain amount of money, if I could just put my family in a certain place, if I could just get these things established and settled around me, then all would be well with my home and with my soul. But listen, you're walking in dark places. Listen, the world is walking in dark places. We cannot be those that our message to the world is to get a better job. It's to move into a better neighborhood. It's to associate with, with different people. It's to have your, your name known and spread abroad. We are to be the lamp. We are to be the light. If we ourselves are dark, how great is that darkness? Listen, I love the seven habits of, of, of highly effective people. I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad many times over. Most of the books that are out there, I've read those things. But I count all of that as nothing. How to win friends and influence people, I count all of that as nothing. For the excellency of Christ that I may serve and do the will of the Lord now. I can't tell you to have a positive, positive affirmation. I can't, I can't, I can't teach you how to, how to live a, a good life outside of God. How to live a morally correct life. If I'm going to be a lamp, I'm going to have to show you how to get out of these dark places. Listen, you've already read those books. You've already gone to those seminars. You've already listened to those, those streams and those DVDs and those, those, those tapes if they still have them. But the Lord is saying is that I'm going to lead you in paths. 
I'm going to lead you in paths that you have not known. We can't come as we get together, as we engage with our community, as we seek to win the loss, as we seek to win our families. We can't come to them with the same old natural humanism. They've already heard that. They've already seen that. They already know how to make small changes in order to have big impacts in their lives. They've already read the literature and heard the TED Talks. But the Lord says, I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light to them. What does that mean? I'm going to teach them how to love their enemies. I'm going to teach them that instead of needing to, to, to rise up and take arms against injustice, the way that we overcome evil, the way that we overcome evil is with good. I'm going to teach them that instead of trying to, to argue their positions and to get people to submit and to have them to, to bow their heads, that evil men will only bow before a holy God. That it doesn't matter what laws you pass. It doesn't matter what social media campaigns you launch. It doesn't matter what kind of public shame you try to put out there, what books you write, what talks you talk. Evil men will only bow before a holy God. See, these things are, are darkness, but I'm going to make it light before them. The crooked things are going to be made straight. Why is that? Because the, the, the kingdom of heaven kingdom of heaven, it's, 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 it's the Lord's reign and his rule in my heart. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter, you, got, you guys did great. You guys did great. Listen, I, I dare you to try it. Get up and brush your teeth as you're thinking about your day before the worries overcome you, before you check your Facebook page. Just put your hand on, on your heart. Say, you know what? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is the Lord's reign and his rule in my heart. If you're still not sure, say, you know, where, where the king is. Where the, where the king is, there's power. There is power. Luke chapter 6. Verse 39, this is Jesus. He says, and he spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall not both fall into the ditch. Jesus is calling the Pharisees. He's calling those that, 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 are, that are laying up treasures on the earth. He's calling those that, that trust in uncertain riches. He says they're the blind. 
in those that follow after their teachings, those that, that, that like their YouTube channels, those that subscribe and follow their Facebook pages, those that are buying their books, that they are the blind that are being led by the blind. But he says that if your eye is, is single, that it's going to be full of light. And we'll get more into that next time. Amen? Family, listen. God has called us for a specific purpose at this time. We're not, we're not in a holding pattern here. We're not, we're not waiting. Right? I, I, know, I know that we are uh, physically separated, but we're not, we're not waiting. God has called us to a work to do. He's doing a work in us. And he's called us to do a work through us to restore this generation. My prayer, family, is that, is that you would listen to these teachings and, and listen to how Jesus is contrasting the bad example and a good example. Listen, he's not, he's not doing it just, just for the, the sake of having balance and, and parallelism in his structure. No. He, he's showing you the way of the hypocrite. He's showing you the manner of the Pharisee because he wants you to take a look at your motives. He wants you to take a look at your actions. It, it's vitally important because you're supposed to be the light. You're supposed to be the lamp. And if you're off focus, if you are tuned in to the wrong things, how is the world going to ever know Jesus Christ as their risen Savior? This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website. Livingwateraustin.net